0: shark city podcast for january 10th 2023 in today's episode we're going to have live post game reaction to the sharks defeating the coyotes in tempe arizona first time ever it was back to school nights in sharks territory as uh, the San sharks played on a college campus very unique um, kind of For me personally, I know everyone was making Tech CU references because it definitely has the vibe of the new barn here in San Jose for the Barracuda. But it definitely reminded me of when the Sharks were waiting for their permanent home in downtown San Jose during the Cow Palace days. Um, So yeah, the Mola Arena. Very interesting place. With our ASU, um, the name is not a reference to the style the hairstyle it is a, a nod to uh, the family that made that facility possible for that campus um so you know it was very interesting to see the center ice layout and i don't want to fan out you know fanboy out on the coyotes here it is is sounds like sharks podcast but uh, bear with me here really quick um you know it was very unique to see the center ice like with the dual logos for uh you know ncaa and nhl action and also, um, just you know, nonetheless, it was the Sharks' uh, 69th game ever played in Arizona. So the uh, San Jose Sharks, again, they won tonight. Four to two was the final score. Um, Kakinen was starting for the San Jose Sharks in net. Uh, Karell Vemelka for the Arizona Coyotes on the opposite side of the um, of the paint over there, opposite side of the rink. Um, Again, this was the Sharks' first time they've ever played in Tempe, Arizona. It was the 69th game ever played in the state in general, in the Grand Canyon State. Uh, They've obviously played in Phoenix and Glendale in the past. Now, with today's victory included, the Sharks are 35-31, 0-3 all-time while playing in Arizona. Um, You know, Arizona was really one of my favorite divisional rivalries back in the day. (laughs) It's a... It was, um, you know, one of my favorites, like, you know, just back when Ronick and, um, you know, back when um, they had Hobby Bullen. I don't know if you all remember that. I'm going way back now. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was just really cool back when they had the Phoenix name. Uh, Really cool to see, you know, the Kachina um, jerseys. And it was really awesome to see them have it back today. Again, not trying to fanboy out on the Coyotes. I'm just simply saying that there's a lot of history. Um, that the sharks have and these two franchises, their history intertwine a, a whole lot more than just, you know, having, um, ex players like, um, you know, Mike Ritchie from the sounds of sharks, you know, play for their squad where their threads, but also, you know, um, the sounds of sharks, they took residency over there just a couple of seasons ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, just what 2021 like back a couple uh seasons back when um you know they drained the tank and there was no swimming allowed in downtown san jose um you know the sharks called arizona home for a brief moment in time so um you know it was very nice to see the um two squads get back together again and more importantly it was nice to see the sounds like sharks leave the desert with a victory so um Nick Benino's 800th career game is one of the main storylines in tonight's uh, matchup. Obviously, um, scoring is uh, was a plenty for the Sharks. So that was nice to see the uh, offense be generated tonight to see, uh, you know, uh, the penalty kill come through. They killed four penalties. Um, every goal today was even straight. Obviously, that was exciting to see five on five uh, goals. Um, so let's uh, jump into the action really quick and just kind of spit out some of the stats here uh, while we're at it. So a uh, game total sounds like Sharks put 33 shots on net. Um, they won 52% of the faceoffs, uh, 0 for 2 on the power play. So special teams in terms of, uh, you know, uh, power play, it's still missing there. Uh, obviously, this time around, it didn't affect the Sharks game in the past, especially when they took on the number one team in the league just a couple nights ago. Um not capitalizing those power plays hurt uh, this time around. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, you know, had no problem generating offense um, without you know the man advantage. And you know what? Again, I'm not trying to you know, it's not overreact here. This obviously is the Arizona Coyotes. I'm very well aware of where they are in the standings. Uh, speaking of which, for those who are following, um, you know, the whole uh, draft lottery, the Sharks with tonight's um, victory are now fifth. They are now fifth overall with Arizona at fourth. So, um, you know, for those of you out there who are hoping for, and, and for some odd reason, they kind of like were saying like there was a, I mean, I don't know if the, if the broadcasting home, home crew is just jumping on board now, but long story short is, you know, they were kind of um already before the, the puck was even dropped, speaking of how like a loss tonight would be a, a good thing. And and I get it, you know, for those of you who are hoping to land this generational uh talent uh by the name of Connor Bedard, uh the five nine, I believe what he's like seventeen. Um anyways, um long story short is you know, I I understand the sentiment. You know, you, some of you already out there saying you can't even tink properly, just calm down. South East Sharks have a whole 40 more plus games to go. And the reality of the situation is they are going to win some games, hopefully. Um, and, you know, we'll see if they, for those of you who are, you know, playing the tank for a Bedard uh, game, we'll see how far away they, uh, you know, land from the number one overall spot to increase their odds of, you know, getting the draft lottery. But enough of that nonsense. Let's talk about what's really important. And that's a Sharks win. Um, enjoy them. Obviously they're not going to come as often as we hope as often as I hoped, I'll be honest with you. I'm a big, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, you know, like win now, and I have, I have my own, my own reasonings to be real with you. But, um, the truth, truth be told is, um, that my, my whole, my whole reasons to seeing the sharks want to win now is because I, I mean, I don't want to seem so short sighted, but the truth is, is that, you know, I want to see the, um, the tank be filled up. Not that attendance has anything to do with, with the, the win loss, uh, record, which it does. We we'll get into that a little, little bit later before um, I go on a tangent here. But point I'm trying to say is, you know, I, I want to enjoy the hockey now. I want to enjoy, you know, the talents that we have now. And I want to enjoy Sharks hockey, um, at the tank specifically, um, I want to enjoy Sharks victories, Sharks hockey uh, wins, okay, uh, which we're not getting. It, it's nice when the team wins, but, of course, it's happening while they're on the road. And it was this whole other story. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a strong believer that, you know, um, just try to improve and build upon whatever it is, you know, that 5 to 10% better that David Quinn was talking about at the beginning of the season. And, you know, see that improvements. Some of you could argue that, you know, maybe they look 5 or 10% <laughs> Worse than they were. Um, I don't know. You know, today's victory, you know, it could just, again, not trying to overreact. And, you know, it could just be, you know, the victory bug, right? Like, everything tastes better, smells better um, when when you win, right? So, you can see the players, they were kind of complimenting each other's play, talking about, you know, how, I believe it was uh, Sturm, Nico Sturm specifically, who was talking about how, you know, um, he has confidence because the coaching staff pretty much um, gives him an opportunity to play Um, you know, as not necessarily like that, they're on a leash, but you know, you get the sentiment I'm trying to say, you know, like he's allowed to go out there and make mistakes and learn from them. I mean, don't take my word for it, check out the post game interview. But, um, point, point I'm trying to make here is, you know, obviously, um, when you win. You know, the things kind of, you know, things kind of start, you know, clicking and making a little bit more sense. But it's when you're having those long loss and those long droughts of just those losing streaks is when, um, you know, some of those um, comments like are, you know, some of the tactics, a better way of saying it are, are you know, uh, strategies of like, you know, um, scratching players while also saying they have to show you a way to earn playing time just doesn't make sense. You know, we're, we you know, out there, I'm not trying to, you know, um rain on this whole parade but for the sharks fans out there you know exactly what i'm talking about for you know the the really deep hardcore sharks fans anyways uh let me get back on track here as i go on a tangent so all i have to say is i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of the tank for uh Bernard crew not that um i mean i understand it i understand you know um you're trying to set up your your um your franchise for like um success for the better part of the next decade uh hypothetically right but um, I'm just not a big, I'm not a big fan personally, and I could go into this for another segment because I really want to do post um, post game reaction here. But I'm personally just, I'm not a big fan of um, tanking now for um, potential prospects. You know, to trying to land potential prospects. I think we already have an abundance of them, and we got to find out. Um, I think we just got to, you know, um, do exactly what. The Sharks did today, you know, do that 5 to 10% more like they've been preaching and see, um, you know, what happens, um, you know, tomorrow night and see if, you know, the winning continues. Obviously this year, Salzy Sharks, huh, after half the season, you know, they have like a 2% chance of turning this whole thing around and qualifying for a wild card. So uh, we've already been kind of submitted, if you will, to coming to realization that, This isn't going to be a winning season. Um, Logan Couture was actually commenting on it uh, not too long ago. But we won't speak on that. Uh, The first period in San Jose uh, versus the Arizona game. Now that we get back to tonight's game. um, You know, those first two minutes were pretty intense. Uh, The LeBanc, Meyer, and Hurdle line, obviously, you know, they got a uh, bulk of the action, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just look into um, my game notes here. Yeah, so um, that line, Hurdle, Meyer, and LeBanc, they played about uh, 17.3% of the of the shifts. So they had themselves 8 minutes, 17 seconds. So Barabana from Nieto and Couture actually had um, the most time on ice this evening with 9 minutes and 50 seconds. But um, that Tomas Hurdle, Meyer, uh, Timo Meyer, and Kevin LeBanc line, man, like I just... Two things I kind of really grind my gears and I'm trying to, you know, be a couch GM here, but I just noticed that those guys leave the zone really early and they get caught up deep in the zone when their um opponents break out on the rush. So um by leaving the zone early, what I'm noticing is they're leaving their um teammates vulnerable. Um case in point, I believe Timo Meyer like blew a tire and um like LeBank and Hurdle were already like smashing up to the uh, center ice. And, um, you know, it could have been a pretty disaster situation in which, you know, it left an odd man rush going the other way against Kakenin. Um But good, good thing is that, you know, um, Kakinen had some good quality saves in that first period. Uh, the Sharks top line did get the first goal. So, um, It was Kevin LeBanc, his 10th of the season, assisted by Hurdle and Meyer. That happened at uh, the 4 minutes and 39 seconds to the first period. Um, Pretty um, nifty goal. Pretty much um, this right here is like the greatest consequence of just putting the puck onto the net. Uh, You never know what's going to happen, right? Well, in this case, um, you know, it sounds like Sharks, they were doing a really good job of uh, keeping the puck deep in Arizona's uh, zone and uh, laying shots from the point. Um, you know, they're cycling around behind the net. They're just throwing the puck onto to the goaltender as much as they possibly can. Uh, defensive, uh, the of defense, coyotes defense actually got in the way and prevented the puck from making it to the crease. And that's where Kevin LeBanc pretty much found, uh, his gift and he was able to lift it over the shoulder of, uh, Arizona, uh, goaltender, um, uh, Vimelka, pardon me. So that right there was pretty chill. Obviously, <laughs> per usual, those um the you know celebration didn't last very long. Like literally, almost two minutes to the uh to the you know the t um Barrett Highton for Arizona got his fourth of the season, and then Christian Fisher um about ten minutes after that uh, made it a two one Arizona lead. Uh, going into the uh, second intermission, now um, I'm not going to again fan out on Arizona, but I don't give credit to where his credits due. Uh, those two unanswered goals to end the first period by the Coyotes actually was probably giving a lot of you out there who are looking for Connor Bedard to be until uh, some hope um, after the first 20 minutes. But uh, back to back to what I was trying to get at, um, the. Spe- specifically, that second goal, that stretch pass, that breakaway goal, was uh, really freaking impressive. Um, I'm, uh, again, I'm not a fan of being entertained while, um, you know, you lose. So in that moment in time, um, I wasn't, I wasn't digging it. But I do got show respect to the talent. I mean, excellent stretch pass. It was a nasty pass, even nastier finish with the goal. Uh, Christian Fisher just uh, snapping at home. But uh good thing for the Sharks is that was the last time they've seen anything else like that from the Coyotes. Um, the second period was relatively quiet in terms of, um, you know, lighting the lap. Nico Sturm got his 10th of the season to tie the game for the Sharks into the second period. Um, that happened uh, almost six minutes. Into the uh, second frame. Nick Benino and um, Oscar Lindblom. both get their seventh assist on the season on uh, Nico Sturm's goal. So now we're, you know, the Sharks have a 2 2 game. Um, You know, really quick, um, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, Mikey, they're calling him Mikey. That was Michael uh, AC Mott. He is the latest addition to Soundsy Sharks. We were talking about this the other night, how he just joined. Uh, san jose they claimed him off of waivers from winnipeg he just scored his first career nhl goal back in december and um he almost got his second career goal in his first game with the san jose sharks he did however get his first five minute major for fighting so um we won't talk too much about that it wasn't really much of a scrum to, to begin with but um it, it was one of those quick, like wham, and bams. Like they both traded uh, some licks. Um, they being uh, Michael Acemot and Arizona Coyotes Josh Brown. Uh, this happened right before the end of the second period. So this was at the nineteen minute twenty one uh, second mark of the first period. Uh, right before, yeah, right before the um, first intermission. Pardon me. Um, so yeah, you know, um, personally, I think. AC is doing exactly what the Sharks brought him over here to do. We mentioned this on the last podcast. Um, doesn't have much um, time on the ice in the 19 games that he was playing for the Jets. I believe it was like under 10 minutes or like 10 minutes and some change to be exact. And um, when you see what he was doing in the minors, when he was racking up penalty minutes, definitely, you know, probably going to be, um, you know, someone that you look... I don't want to say a power forward, but someday you look to bring the physicality, maybe set the tone, someone's going to answer back. And obviously he has some scored ability. He had the opportunity to bury a puck uh, when he was kind of chilling at the top of the crease and another opportunity on a breakaway uh, in that game. So, uh, you know, acma is fitting in nicely with the Sharks, wearing number 21 out there in the ice. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I found, um, you know that first period to be a little worrisome. Uh, the soundund Sharks were favored to win this game going into um, going into the um, opening face off. I believe they're at like 54%. Uh, that was just yesterday, but um, you know nonetheless, um, you know they're able to turn it around. Um, you know excellent penalty killing is probably one of the biggest uh, stories of the game. Um, killing off the four uh, penalties that were uh, given to them, and then you know, just they were you know the shots were were constant; they're consistent. Uh, so through through the periods, the shots um, on goal, Sharks put twelve on the first, eleven in the second, ten in the third. I want to get a little bit into um, breaking down some of the individual performances here really quick. So part of me is I take um, a quick a quick breath here and uh, gather my thoughts. So. Uh, you know, the scoring chances were pretty solid really quick for the Sharks. Um, so, Matt Nieto, I believe he got... Oh, excuse me, Matt, Matt Nieto. Excuse me as I think out loud here. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Um, Matt Nieto, his was a wrist shot. I mean, it literally came from like eight feet from, you know, um, the net. Uh, Jacob Magna, he had a nice slapper. Um, well... The slapper, it looked like it was from Carlson, to be real with you, pardon me. I take that back. Um, But he got himself onto the scoreboard, finally. Um, It it was just overall, you know, a feel-good game for the boys who've just kind of been dragging... I don't want to use profanity on this program, but, you know, just been kind of like... Loading through games, you know I mean? Kind of just going through the motions. It was nice to see them put together, you know, some solid offensive pressure, put together a, you know, consistent, solid penalty killing. Uh, Kapo had some pretty outstanding saves. He was beat pretty nasty uh, early on. Um, but he also found himself in a situation where, you know, the puck just kind of dropped suddenly in front of him and found a tape on um you know, onto on the Arizona Coyote stick and into the back of the net. But more more specifically, it was nice to see the Sharks actually handle this game because, you know, they went toe-to-toe with the Boston Bruins just a couple of nights ago. So the fact that, like, after 20 minutes, it looked like the Sharks were about to tank this game, which some of you out there were probably cheering for, um, it was a little concerning. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to go from, like, almost, you know, um, you know, being in the game with the number one a team in a league favored to win the cup at this point in time and, and then go and like struggle against a team that's like favored to win a lottery <laughs> anyways uh so so it was nice um it was nice to see overall um let's see let's uh go into some of the performances here so kevin lebank uh, our three stars of the game is a good, a good uh, point to start off from here. Pardon me. So, uh, three stars of the game is uh, Matt Nieto, Nico Sturm from the Sharks, uh, Barrett Hight- Highton for the Coyotes. Um, you know what? I don't want to pretty much milk this segment out any further than it needs to be done. I don't. I'm not. I'll be real with you. I'm not one for advanced stats. But I do just kind of want to get into some of the uh, statistics for the Sharks here, um, just to give you a, an indication of how the guys did, because um, all these goals were five on five, baby, five on five. So uh, Barabanov, Kachor, Nieto, as I mentioned previously, they got a bulk of the shifts, and um, you know they had uh, they're on the ice for a goal and they're on the ice for a goal against. So um, you know that hurts the average a little bit, puts it just slightly below fifty. But uh, nonetheless, they're on the ice for nine minutes and thirty-five seconds. Uh Hurdle, Meyer, LeBank, they took the second most um, you know, I guess, you know, load, I guess, second most shifts, whatever you want to call it. And uh they went at eight minutes and seventeen seconds. Gadjevic, Lorenz, and Liblum, they had seven minutes and forty-four seconds of ice time with each other. And uh, Sturm, Bonino, and Esimonts, they had uh six minutes and thirty-nine seconds of ice time. Uh, the defensive pairing, uh, Carlson and Magda, uh, 13 minutes, 44 seconds. Out there together, Ferraro, Ferraro and Benning, uh, 11 minutes, 20 seconds. Harrington and Vlasic at 8 in, uh, eight minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, this was Kapokakinen's first career um, goal, I mean, excuse me, game, pardon me, uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, so he had a nice, solid 93 save percentage today, 93.1. For those of you who want to be exact, um, just a quality start overall. Um, pretty pretty solid considering that his last few games have been pretty nasty. I mean, in the last, let me do my count here: one, two, three, four, five, six games. He's had a goals against average of three or higher including two five goals against average games, So it's nice to see him, you know, be uh, looking like, you know, back to the form, you know, um, that made everybody here in Sharks territory see, uh, feel that he may be, you know, the, um, the one to, uh, you know, be the potential franchise goalie moving forward. Um, so, yeah, you know, overall, again, I don't want to overreact. You know, again, I could break this down, but I don't want to overreact. It's just Arizona Coyotes, and I don't mean any disrespect because obviously, you know, they put up quite a fight. Um, sounds like Sharks going to have to take on the LA Kings in less than 24 hours as they make their way back here for a, a weekend matchup against the Edmonton Oilers. So, um, yeah, that right there was pretty much my post game live reaction. Pers- personally, you know, again, I want to say um, it feels good. <laughs> I know a lot of you out there, like, what the heck is going on, man? Why are they winning these games? You know what I'm saying? But um, it feels good. It really does. It feels good to see the sharks during post games have you know that confidence, have the um, enthusiasm, have the Wow, man, I can't believe I'm like out of all the times to fail for words right now. But essentially, you know, it's just, you know, again, like I said earlier, you know, everything just tastes better. Everything feels better and you can see it. You know I mean? Taking those questions after the game is, um, it's a lot more exciting, a lot more inviting and a lot, it's, it's so much easier when you win the game, you don't have to sit there and talk about everything that you've done wrong. And why you think you've, you know, this happened and everything that you could do to improve. And that right there is all I'm going to do for tonight because I do want to talk about some of the um, news from earlier today. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who's been watching. If I didn't say this at the top of the program, this is the Shark City Podcast, official podcast of Shark City Hockey and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, We are broadcasting right now live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So if you want to be a part of the show, by all means, drop a comment. Um, and while you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, <laughs> I have so many platforms. I gotta make sure I spit out the right ones at the right time. <clears throat> um, like subscribe, hit the, you know, the heart button, share it, tag a friend, retweet it, whichever platform you're on. I uh, really appreciate it. And of course, um, if you haven't, Done so already, follow us at Shark City Hockey. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, take a quick breather here. And um, when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the Sharks' first round, former first round draft picks, potentially going back to playing junior hockey and the latest reports from the athletic and concerns to the Eric Carlson trade talks. This is Shark City Podcast, and we'll be right back. The NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to-place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet Back up to ten dollars. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet five dollars on the NFL and get two hundred and free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, what's going on, everybody? Thank you, and welcome back. Um, so I've been made aware that, you know, the, uh, avatar, the, co- the cartoon avatar that comes in the video version of this broadcast is, uh, not lip syncing with the mic. Um, so my apologies, but, um uh, nonetheless, what's going on everybody. Uh, so this right here is my first live post game reaction, uh, podcast that I'm doing. And one of the first, um, live streams on Twitter, I'm trying new things for the new year it's 2023, right? Might as well get it with the, uh. With the times, you know, the tides are changing as we're saying here. And um yeah, you know, I think I could I think I could have done a little bit better. Um we'll see we'll see we'll see uh how it goes in the future. But uh nonetheless, it's pretty interesting. Um and and again, you know, it's, it's just really awesome to talk. Sounds like Sharks hockey with all you here in Sharks Territory. Um hey Barrett Bonoff. Man, he, he's looking pretty solid out there. I'm actually surprised that he uh he wasn't on the Sharks candidates for voting, uh, you know, doing the vote in for the NHL All Star game. Obviously on the last episode, and I meant this jokingly, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, I just meant it jokingly. You know, I think we should send James Reimer. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying optimus rhyme, Optimus rhyme for all star, baby. I know it makes no sense, which is you know, but it makes it dollars, right? As they say. Anyways, uh, but Alex Barabon, uh, Alexander Barabanov. I'm surprised that he was in um put there. Obviously, it's Timo Myers, right? But um, I'm surprised that Barabanov didn't get his uh some recognition. Um, obviously, T- Timo Meyer. If if it's not Timo Meyer and and it's not Timo Ahsherto, then it's nobody, right? Eric Carlson was the absolute like undisputed um skater defenseman all-star i guess to represent us in the pacific and um it wasn't going to be anybody else so yeah timo meyer obviously tomas hurt will be next like those are no-brainers but hey james reimer's name is on the ballot let's send them let's send him anyways um so speaking of uh sending players to places uh that's going to lead us into the Next topic of the show, which is news that broke today. So the last time I checked, now this is coming out of the Mercury News. So hat tip to Curtis Bichelka the Bay Area News Group here. Um, Last I read, they were not able to get a response from the team. So I'm assuming that the response is in regards to whether or not Ozzy is headed back to the WHL. So if you haven't heard, uh, Ozzy Weisblatt, who is the Salicy Sharks' first-round draft pick in 2020, was um, acquired in a trade. Now, just really quick before people start freaking out. He's not leaving the Salicy Sharks organization. All right? Salicy Sharks have the rights to Ozzy Weisblatt. Um, This is all just in terms of where he may... Um, you know, play for, you know, the Farm Leagues, as they call it, right? Um, Because right now, currently, he's with the CUDA, okay? And right now, currently with the CUDA, he has um, one goal, four assists in 17 games, all right? So he's 20 years old, plenty of opportunity for growth, plenty of opportunity to, um, you know, be molded into an um, NHL-caliber player. And, um, you know, the CUDA hasn't really had too much success going on over there They kind of have the same struggles and woes as the uh, pro team with the sound of the sharks, but back to the point, uh, the Portland Winterhawks announced earlier today that they've acquired the Western hockey league rights to Ozzie Weisplat um, from the Prince Albert Raiders in exchange for a conditional first round WHL prospect draft pick in 2025 and two conditional second round picks in 2026. Um, so the trade is conditional upon Weisblatt being assigned and reporting to Portland by San Jose. So in a way, he's um, a lot closer. If this is exactly what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen or what we're speculating may happen is that he's going to be sent from the CUDA back down to the WHL. Um, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. Um Sharks just acquired again. They just got somebody off of waivers and they are making moves. Um, especially on the CUDA level. We all we all are waiting to see what happens with um with Merkley, but back to Wisbot here. Um you know, if he does indeed go reside in Portland, he's a whole lot closer than Prince Albert, you know what I mean? In Saskastashawan, right? All the way over there, uh, true true north. <laughs> like the truest north, um, you know, he'll be right there. Just, you know, short, short, um, short ride up the west coast. Um, so, um, about played in just six of the uh, Barracuda's games last month in December, and, um, he's played in two of the three games this month with just one assist. And, um, this right here is coming again out of the Mercury News. Weiss Blatt has spent most of the season in the in the NHL, and he was at one point um, assigned to the Wichita Thunder of the ECHL. That's the East Coast Hockey League in October, but he was recalled a day later. Um, so uh, again, he is a 2020 first-round draft pick. He was selected 31st overall, and that uh, pick was actually um, one that was acquired from a trade all you all know this trade, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, for uh, Barclay Goodrow. Anyways, so, I don't know. I mean, at one point, it seemed like, you know, the crazy train, as, as they are saying here in Sharks territory, was going to be, um, I thought Ozzie Wisebot would have already cracked the roster at this point, to be 100% honest with you. Um, but most of us thought that, like, Borderlow and Eklund would have cracked the roster at this point. And I'm going to be real with you. I'm on the side of the fence of those of you who think, Hey, just leave them in the CUDA at the beginning of the season. I was all about putting them on the sharks, but there's just no point, you know, It's midway through the season, the sharks are going to do what they got to do to evolve and whatever it is that they're trying to evolve into. (laughs) Maybe they're trying to evolve into a number one overall draft pick. I don't know. But, um, (laughs) anyways, um, and there's no there's no reason to uh, you know get these guys involved at this point because it's obvious that, um, I mean, me personally, again, I think if you plug and play some of these kids from Nakuda into these Sharks players and some of these lines, you're gonna have some solid, solid, um, um, competition, you know, for for the opponents. But I'm not an NHL coach, you know. I mean, I'm not Mike Greer. I'm not David Quinn. I'm not Joe Will. Not McCarthy. I'm not I'm none of these guys. I'm not involved in the developmental of um, you know, crew of this whole uh, prospects. And from my understanding, you know, these guys need some time to, you know, boke up and grow up and you know get ready for the big boy league. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, because um here's the thing really quick as I, as a sidebar here with um Ozzy Wise by going back to WHL. You know, a lot of fans are going for um you know, we've been hearing here in Sharks Territory, a lot of fans have been told that, um, you know, like the likes of Eklund and Bordelot, they need to like bulk up, they need to like learn the game, bring it up to pace, etc. Right. But then we're going wild, not, not me personally, but you know, the fan base out there for following the tankathon. Um, you know, they're going wild for a five nine, uh, kid. And I don't mean that in any disrespect, and I don't mean that in any, um, like I don't mean that uh, subjectively or objectively or anything like that. I, I mean, pretty much what I'm trying to say is, and I've heard this earlier, so I'm just kind of mimicking, I guess, what I've heard from NHL uh, Network Radio on Sirius XM, which is, you know, we we are in a time, the the hockey game is, are the, the world of hockey, you know, the uh, talent and the prospects. There we're in a time in hockey where, you know, the size doesn't really, um, it doesn't really impact the game as much as they used to in terms of like you know um what is an NHL caliber player or not or in this case what's going to be a generational talent NHL superstar you know what i'm saying so all i'm trying to say is if if indeed the this organization and this fan base is interested in seeing someone like Connor Bedard be on the team well then you know What's wrong with getting Eklund and these guys into the NHL quicker or why haven't they been there now? Uh, And if we do get Connor Bedard, how long before he has to take his, you know, you know, pass whatever, you know, check all the marks on the box in the sounds of the Sharks organization before he gets a chance to actually lace up and suit up in the Sharks uh, jersey. But anyways, um, so why am I saying all that? Because, you know, here's Ozzie Weisblatt, our first round draft pick just two seasons ago. And he's heading back to the juniors. So um, hopefully this is not a, an, another indication about, and I have mentioned this um, in the previous c- couple episodes, uh, hopefully that. Hopefully this is not another, another indication of, um, you know, inability to, you know, perhaps develop prospects. I really hope that's not what this is. Um, but I don't want to speak out of pocket, and I definitely don't want to overreact to the news but yeah, Ozzy Weisblatt is more than likely, in my opinion, going to be sent to Portland because, I mean, they're not going to send all those draft picks just to um, have the rights to him. I'm pretty sure they're going to want to have him suit up um, in a Winter Hawks uh, sweater soon. So yeah, that right there went down today. And that was um, the Sharks pretty much only transaction today, if I'm not mistaken. So Uh, That leads us into the last um, segment of this broadcast. Thank you again to everybody who's been sticking with me live uh, this evening as uh, we reacted to the Sharks winning in the desert. They're a different location, but nonetheless, now now the Sharks are 1-0 in Tempe. That's what's up. Um, And, you know, Ozzy Wiseblatt more than likely has played his last game with the CUDA. At least this month, <laughs> I would be um, on the watch and expect um, to hear news for him heading out soon. But now let's talk about the latest on Eric Carlson and the never-ending trade talks. Man, oh man! So first and foremost, let's just let's just be honest with each other. Um, a lot of you, you being Sharks fans out there hoping for Eric Carlson to be the one who was dealt away at the beginning of the season and not Brent Burns. Let's just be honest. Okay. Um, A lot of you, a lot of you were not anticipating that he would be even being considered for a Norris trophy this season. So, um, you know, it's definitely been delightful to see the rise or the resurgence of Eric Carlson. And as we talked about in the previous episode, you know, um, definitely, um, definitely a big indication of, um, how Brent Burns being, um, how his presence may have potentially kept Carlson a little bit reserved. Um, when it comes to like, you know, the starts, quality starts and where they're being utilized in terms of the offensive, defensively in the zones, etc. And, um, you know, we also did a little number of comparisons. So if you want to check out all that stuff, you can uh, find all of our previous episodes at SharkCityHockey.com. But back to the latest on the Eric Carlson trade talks here. So this right here is coming out of The Athletic. This is Pierre LeBron. He reports that um, now, now again, Eric Carlson has shot down every rumor that's been thrown his way. So I'm not suggesting that he is on the trade block. All I'm saying, which I've been saying all season, which is what everyone else has been saying, is there's only one person who is not for sale on this team, and that's Tomas Hurdle. And those are the words of Mike Greer the Sharks' new general manager. Not my own words, his words, okay? So when you say, you know, everything has a price or everything's for sale, except Tomáš Hurdle, well, that's why you have these conversations with Eric Carlson. So the latest, the latest, okay, is that, and this is Pierre LeBron from The Athletic. Is that the Sharks okay, first and foremost, he says that what he's hearing is that teams in fact have engaged with the Sharks in discussions for um you know Eric Carlson, the potential Norris trophy uh, candidate. Um but all, all all that to say is again, we kind of um hinted at this in the last episode, it seems as if There's nothing going to happen this season. So all that to say is people in the hockey community are starting to accept that Eric Carlson, unless, you know, there's a team out there that is willing to, um, which I highly doubt, you know, willing to go all the way with his salary. And, you know, if Carlson is actually interested in waiving his no, um, you know, his no movement for that team. And, and obviously, if the Sharks are willing to, like, you know, take, you know, a little hit, retain some of that salary on the cap, you know, a little hit on the cap space. But uh, more than likely, because of all of this complex, all these different moving parts, uh, Pierre LeBron is now, Pierre LeBron, pardon me, of The Athletic, is now reporting that. Um, that. that even with trade discussions still going on, that they are that he's now thinking that it is more is now more than likely that anything in terms of Carlson being dealt away will happen in the off season. All right. So not really breaking news, you know, not nothing too um, you know, like how did I say this? Nothing, you know, too revealing you know, it's not a big revelation right there. Um it's it's a sticky situation, you know what I mean he has a huge price tag and um I'm not too sure how much the Sharks um are willing to, you know, um are willing to, you know, retain. And who knows what clubs are actually legitimately like willing to give up because obviously he's having himself a special season, but Um, you know, if anyone wants Eric Carlson right now, not only are going to, not only do they need to have the cap space, but, um, you know, they're going to have to be willing to give up a a few, um, high draft picks. Now, I'm not talking first or second rounders. I highly doubt it, but, um, he's not going to be cheap. Um, he's definitely not going to be for third or fourths. That's what I'm saying. Um. Second rounder sounds a little bit more. Maybe not first rounder. Second rounder sound about right. Maybe two of them. <laughs> I mean, come on. Reality situation is, is he still, you know, getting onto his older years there. Um, but, hey, he's back on the point streak. He's back on his point streak. He scored an assist today on the um, goal by... Who was that goal by? Pardon me. So I revisit my stats? It doesn't matter. Um 15 games, or excuse me, yeah, 16 games. He has, um, you know, he scored 15 out of 16 of his last games. So is Eric Carlson back? I don't know. We'll find out. And I think that's just about it. I think that is going to wrap up tonight's podcast. Thank you to everybody who, again, has been watching live and who's checking out the um, program on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, My name is Aaron James. This has been a Shark City podcast for January tenth, twenty twenty three. Just quick impromptu live reaction to um, the game. Sounds like Sharks played earlier today. Uh, They defeated the Arizona Coyotes, and also a quick, um, you know, opinion to about. Why I could care less about thinking for Bedard, but that's just my whole thing. And then um, obviously the news today being uh, Ozzy but Looks like he's on his way to the WHL, uh, headed to Portland up north in Oregon. All right. Uh, apologize for the uh, video not syncing with the, uh, the the animator there. I know the lips aren't moving, but I definitely am saying stuff. And I'm just glad you can hear me. After all, it's a podcast, so that's all I that matter. Audio version. Uh, don't forget to check out all of our... Um, previous episodes. If you're interested on your favorite podcast platform or directly on sharkcityhockey.com. city, um, The shark city podcast is the official podcast of SharkCityHockey.com. We are proud affiliates of the hockey podcast networks. Uh, this show is presented and sponsored and brought to you by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN um, this weekend, maybe for the um, NFL wildcard. Uh, so if you know, for details, check out the show notes. And with that, Thank you once again to everybody. Have a great rest of your Tuesday night. The Sharks going to be right back at it tomorrow against the LA Kings. Um, LA Kings are going to be a little bit more favored. If I'm not mistaken, they are favored to win that game. Let me just uh, do a quick little preview while we're at it before I sign off. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, so some of the sharks are going to be in SoCal tomorrow. They are taking on the LA Kings. As of right now, the Kings are favored. Their chances of winning is fifty-seven point five percent. Um as of this moment, the Sharks are over their plus plus one sixty-five, so um, you know, it's not so much of an important game for San Jose. If they beat the Kings, their chances of making the playoffs go up by making it a wonderful 3.1%. If they lose to the Kings, which is what most of you all want to hear, their chances of winning the draft lottery only goes up by 0.4%, all right? 5.9%. This, on the other hand, is a big game for the LA Kings. Um, It's going to help their chances of making the playoffs by 3%. And uh, just looking at, you know, their... First line, they're going. Um, well, actually, you know what? Forget their first line. Let's go with the Sharks line. So, the last uh, lineup that they had obviously uh, Bear, Kachor, and Nieto, uh, Meyer, Hurdle, LeBank, Gadjevic, Lorenz, Lindblom, and um, Essimat, uh, Sturm, and Benito. Um, we'll see what the lines go with tomorrow. Now, a lot of, a lot of uh, changes in this game. Um, the entire first line became the second line tonight against the Coyotes. Uh, Bear but The entire fourth line essentially became the first line, whereas um, you know, AC Mott made his debut. He was put into the lineup, and Sturm and Benito dropped from the second to the fourth. Um, for those who want to know what's going on with the blue line, uh, Ferraro jumped up with Benning. The third line became the second this evening. Magna and Carlson were holding it down the first, while Harriton and Vlasic went from the second to the third line. Uh, so, yeah um we'll see how the sharks uh square up against socal rivals i still hope that the sharks beat la i know that some of y'all out there do not want the sharks to mess with any you know like take any more um strides away from that number one pick but hey let's make it interesting all right there's still 40 plus more games to go Uh, might as well throw a little win streak in the middle of um What's going to be really, really tough month ahead. Uh, Sharks have the eighth most difficult schedule moving forward for the rest of the 2022-2023 season. And now I am signing off. Uh, thank you to everyone once again for um, your time this evening. Uh, let's go, Sharks. And until um, next time, uh, this is Aaron James, and this has been the Shark City Podcast, uh, Season 2, Episode 19. Have a good night, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.